0: flying in yes we are not just flying in the fire alarms are going off yes we are in the
1: special podcast room which is going through some sort of alarm testing so you may
0: hear some alarm inter- testing it's the podcast that's true it is it's the podcast. so hot it is setting these alarms off i didn't realize that
1: yeah, we literally have fumes and steam coming out of the microphone. How hot it is in here! We open
0: up the door, and that steam just pours out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. It's to getting the, into the system. The rest of the building. We'll
1: try to <laughs> try to cool it down. But we can talk a little bit about box office. But that's that's also it's red hot. It's not just us. It's not us. It's the Golden Globes. You see, you just had to say Golden Globes. On fire.
0: It is.
1: <laughs> oh boy. They're reporting us. They're reporting us. That's how hot it is in here. I'm 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 just I'm I'm drenched. I'm drenched in sweat. How hot. Man, the globes are the globes are on fire and there's the, a, a lot of interesting things going on there, huh? The noms. The noms. All about the noms. Even for us. Yeah. We, we just had Gregory Allen Howard. That's right. We had the screenwriter of Harriet. Uh, they received two nominations yes. in the Best Actress? Best Actress and Best Original Song.
0: Cynthia Arrivo. Good for her. Good. Killed, killed that it. song.
1: That is that's a beautiful song. I think that's a front runner for the Oscars as well.
0: I think so, too. I think it Gregory is. Gregory Allen Howard said it. He did say it. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going too hard that's why the alarms are going off i think so we're forgetting a couple
1: of things we are we just we came in we were coming in hot (laughs) (laughs) hit the brakes i'm kevin sharply this is jl martinez this is screen heat miami brought to you by kajik multimedia cinevision chemical and the miami media and film market which will be entering its tenth anniversary next June, so make your plans now.
0: <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Miami Media and filmmarketcom dot com. That's right. <laughs> hashtag
1: We are on the interwebs. Hashtag MMFM10. That's the new hashtag. Boom. We
0: got a couple of hashtags.
1: Oh. Hashtag turn off the alarm.
0: We already said it can't turn off, man. <laughs> We got to slow down.
1: I know. We got to cool things down. Maybe talk a little bit about box office and then we'll get back. Let's into talk the about glows. box office. So uh, this story of this past weekend is all about Disney, which is now approaching the 10 billion dollar. What a juggernaut. Ten, 10 billion.
0: That's a lot of money. It started with a mouse. For one studio. It yeah. started with a mouse. Mouse getting paid. Man. And yeah. Walt Disney said that they wanted to buy that mouse and he wouldn't give it up. He was broke. That's right. He he held he held to his his IP. He held on to that mouse and now it's the mouse's house. It's a juggernaut.
1: Yes, Frozen 2 just going bananas at the box office. And uh, so they're around they're hovering around 9.9 and you have to remember this is pre Star Wars 9. Yeah. So yeah. it could easily be a 12 billion dollar year. For Disney at the box office, that's the biggest. Yeah, that's a the huge haul. has hit. That's 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 ginormous, and they need it because they got to pump all that money right back into Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> you see, that's how hot Disney Plus is.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Disney Plus is creating the buzz. You know, Disney Plus is creating a huge
1: buzz. You know, they've only been out for a little while. You know, they're they continuing to mount and build. They have The Mandalorian, which is now, I believe, considered the most popular television series in the world at the current moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that Baby Yoda is helping.
0: See? Baby Yoda. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a problem with Baby Yoda, though. What's wrong with Baby Yoda? They're not going to have Baby Yoda toys for Christmas. That's insane.
1: Now, I understand why, because I don't think they wanted the leak, you know, because once you start to... Fran- it did have to do with the leak, yeah. And and you, know, you, st- you start to, you know, obviously they don't really build the toys, so any one of those toy manufacturers could have easily just, uh, you know, leaked a photo or even the f- mere mention that they were creating, you know, this baby Yoda would have gotten out there before the release, which was yeah. probably not... So I'm assuming that there was a strategy behind it. I don't think Disney woke up and went, darn, we should make some baby Yoda toys. That doesn't seem like Bob... <laughs> (laughs) Tiger style.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, they already had Disney Plus planned. Right. But from what I understand, they are going to have certificates. Okay. So that's going to be your pre-order.
1: Right. So you'll wake up on Christmas morning. You go under your tree.
0: Oh, wow. I have a Baby Yoda certificate so I can get one in three months. Mommy, it's what I've always wanted. (laughs) But this is not the first time that this has happened with Star Wars. Right. The very first Star Wars, they didn't have a preparation for the toys. Right. So when Christmas came, a lot of guess bang- what the kids got? Certificates. That's right. That was for in toys That's right. the toys later. Certificates are hot. <laughs> I guess they are. <laughs> yeah. And this is something because this certificate thing, just imagine George Lucas really was the first person to go after the merchandising. Right. No one really thought about the merchandising before that happened. Right. That was Fox.
1: And, you know, they, like I said, at the time, it wasn't seen as such nothing important enough to worry about financially. Like, it was all about theatrical. It was all about, you know, just getting as many dollars as they could pull out from the box office.
0: But that thought, that afterthought, Lucas... Maintain the merchandising rights.
1: Yeah, it was a brilliant move. There, there's actually a, there's a documentary on Disney Plus uh, called Empire of Dreams. Yeah, that actually goes into detail about that. Yeah, of course, yeah. because
0: <laughs> they sold. Now they bought the Star Wars franchise. Right. For not just the Star Wars franchise, the merchandising is a big part of it. Yeah, the whole IP, every 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 character, every universe, every plot and subplot. That all has a value. Yes. Yeah. So, BB-8. That was like the big toy uh, two Christmases ago.
1: That was, yeah. Yeah,
0: they planned that one pretty well. They did, yeah. That but was, this Baby Yoda, but yeah. that's movies, you know. BB-8 is right. you know connecting to the movie, but this Baby Yoda, I know that that thing is going to explode as soon as they have the toys available. Oh, I mean, it's already out there. I mean, they're, they're, I have not seen
1: anyone even utter a negative thought about Baby Yoda.
0: How can you? You can. How dare you? That thing is adorable. <laughs> so box office, Disney dominated the box
1: office. They did, yeah. They just completely shattered all sorts of records. I think the the previous record, which was what 2016 was 7.6 billion for the entire year. Mm-hmm. That's the highest that a studio had ever earned until Disney bashed their own record. And again, 10 billion dollars without including Episode Nine. Wow.
0: So they they. So could've... they're going back and forth. Box office, streaming. Yeah. They're killing. But what's interesting, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in the outro, is you know the streaming wars and how people are going at it about the streaming wars and yes. the niche that we spoke about at our last outro. Oh yeah, totally. How, you know, each streamer is probably going to have their niche.
1: Yeah. Moving on from box office. I think we should talk a little bit about these golden globes.
0: Not a little bit. We got to talk about that is a the lot. globes. The globes. Yeah. Because we did mention, you know, Gregory Allen Howard, you know, spoke about Cynthia Rivo, and he thinks that she's going to move forward into the Oscars with Best Actress nom, uh, Best Song nom. And then we see her in the Globes. Oftentimes, the Globes is a precursor. It's one of the Yeah, I
1: think one of the most important, if not the most important predictor of Oscar nominations.
0: Yeah. So but look, the streamers just dominating the globe
1: oh yeah particularly you know netflix you just go down every category you know motion picture drama the irishman netflix marriage story netflix the two popes netflix
0: yeah is there room for anyone else yes well hbo i mean it is still that battle this that's the battle hbo and netflix
1: yeah you got warner brothers who put out joker uh which i think is the front runner i i think it's it's a front runner not only to win best picture drama at the Golds, i think it's going to win the oscar for best picture i've said it right here on this date at Screen Heat Miami. Joker will win Best Picture. What do you think of that? We said it three weeks ago. Did I say it three weeks ago? (laughs) Well, we
0: said it three (laughs) weeks ago.
1: (laughs) We're saying it again. Kevin and I are on the same page. That is your best picture. Enjoy it. It's a commercially successful juggernaut that is also going to win the Oscar, I think, for best picture. Joaquin Phoenix will win best actor. Probably Todd Phillips, too. I'm not sure yet.
0: Yeah, but then that was, I think, the bigger part of the conversation was the best actor and, you know, the transformation that actors go through. Yeah. And how those transformations are oftentimes precursors. Right. Right to what's going to happen in the Oscars. Oh, they totally are. I mean, almost prerequisites, Mm -hmm. you know. And so the transformation that Joaquin Phoenix went through in that particular movie, I think is one of the greatest transformations in movies for this year. Right. For this year anyway.
1: Oh, definitely. And then, uh, you know, the the fifth one in that category, 1917, a universal picture. It's uh, Sam Mendes.
0: Yeah. That kind of, you know, swept there in the Globes as well.
1: Yeah. That will be released theatrically nationwide, I think, uh, later this month.
0: But back to 305 Noms, The Farewell.
1: Oh, we got to talk about Lulu Wang. We love Lulu Wang. Yeah. She's amazing. She did such a great job with this film, The Farewell. It's an A24, which supports a lot of Florida filmmakers. Actually, I have another one called Waves coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, The Farewell it got nominated in a few categories, including Best Foreign Picture and also, uh, again, Best Actress for Aquafina.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to have to make a little departure because this is an 824 connection, but an 824 alum, Terrell Alva McCraney. Yeah. Which you can hear him on an earlier podcast talk about his show David Makes Man yes which was nominated for a Critics Choice Award
2: yes so we have
0: to give a nod to David Makes Man that's a little sidebar but back into the Globes little 305 cafecito shot for McCraney that's right, doing the 305 the is killing it.
1: Yes, and Lulu's doing amazing work. And yeah, that's all, that's just great to see that level of success uh, by the homegrown talent went to New World School of the Arts
0: and just out there burning it up. Yeah, she is. Love and, it. And talk about burning it up, we talked a lot about the Irishman. Oh, yes. Irishman, you know, did a pretty pretty big sweep on the Globes. Yeah, you're talking about drama. Yeah,
1: drama You're talking about Actor category Pesci with Pesci and Pacino And Pacino Wow yeah. I could imagine that Who's gonna win that battle?
0: That's gonna be crazy You talking to me?
1: <laughs> Give me my. This is my award. This is my year. This is my, I'm going to tell you who's going to win this thing this year. I'm older than all y'alls, and I deserve <laughs> cuya. Yeah, but is Pacino older than Pesci? Yeah, he's like 79. De Niro and Pesci are more contemporary. They're 76.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Con- yeah, that's right. They are uh, contemporary. But Pacino 76. is the elder statesman <laughs> of the group. <laughs> right, right, right. When you're topping octogenarian, then...
1: I look may look a little older than I am, but don't get it twisted. I can still get it on, if you know what I mean. But talk about
0: living legends. One of Miami's own. I mean, we're claiming her now. J-Lo? Yes. Nominate it. Jennifer Lopez- and hustler, she deserves it. Yeah, that's, I love that's that movie. She little, killed it. She totally did.
1: That that made a yeah. lot of money for STX. That was like a hundred million dollar plus box office bonanza.
0: Yeah, and then I, I said it before. I think that that is her best role.
1: Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but it would probably be that and what um, Selena. That started, and Selena yeah. started
0: her career, but yeah, but you know, Selena was more of a you know ingenue, you know, right. kind of you know coming into her right essence performance she's so hot
1: in that movie (laughs) literally (laughs) yes yes she's burning it up
0: very sexy Uh, in that movie oh yes but what what j-lo is j-lo is married to a-rod that's right yeah a-rod another marlins via one of the owners of the marlins
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a whole New York connection, New York New Miami between connection between Jeter, A. Rod, J. Lo. Uh, they're all they all have New York Miami ties. incestuous. We always say we're the unofficial borough, we're <laughs> like the unofficial fifth borough of New York or something like that.
0: Well, but, we did talk a lot about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, which
1: got a ton of nominations as well, and I, I think is going to be another, another huge factor in Oscar season because one thing I always like to say is that Hollywood loves to celebrate itself. Yeah, absolutely. We love it. That's going to be a love fest. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And between that and the Irishman and all these legendary figures that are popping their head back out. Kathy Bates, Annette Benning, Laura Dern. You know, th- these are hot. I mean, the youngest one of the group, Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Yeah. You know, she kind of got in there. But, you know, look, look at the actor category as even supporting actor names like Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci and Brad Pitt. Yeah. All all pretty much, I think, have stars in the Walk of Fame yeah still doing their thing yeah
0: and yes. I, I do have to give a nod to Kirsten Dunst who is also you know has been in the industry since she was a young girl oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. on Becoming a God which is on Showtime Yeah, I love that show so oh. she deserves that nod totally for sure yeah Yep. Yeah, so, so that did a lot of interesting. Obviously, Tarantino,
1: who's considered one of the brilliant street screenwriters, along with Steve Zalian uh, for The Irishman, they both got nominated in the screenplay category. And then another little connection, at least to our MMFM conference Anthony McCartan, The Two Popes. Remember, a few years ago, we talked a little bit about uh, his journey uh, via uh, his agent at the time, which was at ICM, Craig Bernstein, who was my mentor and who I work for in LA. And, uh, you know, I always remember. This sort of very talented yet unknown screenwriter from New Zealand that would send us scripts. Anthony's had an incredible run since then, you know, uh, obviously he's beginning with Theory of Everything and then Darkest Hour, of course. Uh, and then obviously Bohemian Rhapsody last year, which was huge. And then now with uh, The Two Popes.
0: Yeah, but, you know, this is a pervasive theme. You know, you said it take, took him 10 years to get there. Gregory Allen Howard, he talked about his 26 year journey. Yep. To get Harriet to the screen. We just had... Jose Daniel Frexis, who talked about his 16 year journey. Yes. To get the corporation.
1: Yes. Yeah. J.D. Frexis really, he he has been and he's still working on it. But, you know, the fact that they were able to get it from concept stage to a book, a best-selling book with T.J. English. And now they're so close with Paramount and Appian Way. So, yeah, that's 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 been an amazing journey that that continues on, which is going to segue into our interview soon.
0: Yeah. And I do want to talk about and, you know. What I love about our podcast is that in our conversations, we have such connected veterans and you know people that are moving forward and making waves that the conversations have a lot to do with what's going to happen in the future. And if you go back to our podcast with Paul Brett, he gives praises for this show, Fleabag. Oh, yeah, he does. Because he knows the producers. And when they first spoke with him about it, he said that he was hesitant and then he watched the first episode. He didn't really care for the first episode, but he said after he watched the full season he he got it. And Fleabag again Burning Golden Globe yeah nomination. Yeah. So, Best go TV back and series. listen to that episode with Paul Brett. Check it out. Yes, it's hot. So, speaking of hot, we got to get are back in. the second it. part yes. of our two-part series. Jose Daniel Freisas part two, like the Godfather part two. You will find out exactly how he connected with Leonardo DiCaprio's production company. And now with Leonardo DiCaprio on board as producer.
1: Yeah. Well, let's continue the journey. We'll be back.
2: With the fire because then my optimism. Oh, no, because even if we get a guy like TJ, it's going to cost 100 grand, man. You know fuck. <laughs> Cuz that's my indie mentality. Like, hey, you got to pay for anything. I've never had anyone give me anything. I've had to raise and pay for things, right? Right. No, that's not the case when you get that high level. Now I I I, I got to Oh, TJ doesn't want 100 grand? TJ no. He's like, I don't want any of your money. The publishers going to pay me. We'll we'll work out a hm,
0: yeah.
2: And I was like, "Oh, so Tony looked at me and he's like, Not only does TJ want to do it, but it ain't costing us 100 grand. Right. <laughs> like, it was just like that moment where I'm like, Oh, agents are full of shit. Look <laughs> that was another breakthrough agents for you. Agents can be wrong, and you gotta be positive. You have to go for the best. I should have known it, because I walked right up to Benicio. But when you're in your down moment where the things don't work out, you, you the pessimism comes in. Yeah. You got to break through that shit. You know,
0: right. I can say in my career, you know, and I've worked with names that I, yeah, you know, could not have even imagined, you know, when I first started. But for the most part, well, the story always sells it, you know, so that goes first. But it's been more, you know, going directly to the people, yeah. you know, and having that kind of contact. So, yeah, agents do mean a lot. You know, especially when you're in the traditional part of the game, yeah, and you have a lot of money. <laughs> you and, and, know, and, and look,
2: I don't, I don't even mean to bash agents. I oh no, agents no, 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 but you foolish. didn't say it. No, yeah, right. you didn't say it in a way that was bashing agents. You no, know? I guess what I'm saying is they can be foolish. <laughs> they don't always because they know have how to I make. Agent. Yeah, they have to make money. They yeah. want to make money
1: for their clients. Well, also remember they have to be protective of their, client and protective of and, their and clients and they have to understand that they what their relationships. Are. I totally yeah.
2: understand and respect what they do, and it's like more like I don't, I don't hate. I don't hate anyone, number one, but like, I don't see them as adverse, advers- they're not an an adversity to me, yeah. although at times, I feel like I have to jump around you, or parachute in from the sky so I can land behind you to get it done, because... Yeah, it gets directly to the person. Right. right. Even at the highest of levels, man, yeah. because, dude, it's just, I, not to go into details and put anyone on blast, I respect what they do, how they have to do it, and although it's like respect the game well respect me that I need to fucking break your door down and throw you out of the way to get my shit done so it's like all all is all is cool in Love and War right all all is all is acceptable here well
1: either way they get their 10% so I think Yeah. yeah I respect
2: what you gotta do and I respect that you don't want me to talk to him about it I'm going to wait outside his house because you won't be there. (laughs) Right.
0: So it's kind of hard. You know, you have a million dollars in the escrow account. You know, it's like, okay, here it
2: is. You know. Yeah. So um, anyway, so so TJ jumps on. And here another little tidbit for filmmakers. Right. I, I, I never had like a true mentor in that sense. You know, Brett Ratner was great. Andy Garcia was great. Those people along the way that were like pseudos, great guides, did did a lot of things for me and my projects that were helpful but I never really had like a mentor like a guy that was like oh this is how you do it and this is the business I always learned myself and I learned by reading the Hollywood Reporter and Variety and Deadline Every Day that right there is deal making school I didn't Mm -hmm. learn it in film school you don't learn it on production because you you, you learn how to make movies when you're on production not how to set them up I learned how to set up projects by reading, I'll never forget, Barry Waldman is an EP and UPM for all of Bruckheimer's movies. Yeah, no Barry. Miami guy. Yeah. UM I, grad? Yeah. UM grad. Yeah. And it was at I the, emailed him time to time. Oh, man, <laughs> that guy, put it this way. He probably, he doesn't know who the hell I am. And I hope he hears this one day because a thing that he said had a profound change in my career and it was at a panel at the University of Miami where he was speaking to students and he said, if you don't wake up, and read Variety, The Hollywood Reporter, or one of these trades. Every morning in your life, like, get out of here. You're not in the game. You have to. Yeah. You have to know everything that's happening in your business. Right. Ever since that day, I'm like, okay. I got okay. I got to read this shit every morning. I, I, I read them every morning. That's where I learned how to deal make. And
1: now it's so much easier because before you had to get a subscription. Yeah. Yeah. You had to, like, hope they
2: had it
0: at the bookstore. You to pay for it. Yeah.
2: Now yeah. it's free. It's, it's on the internet. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's where I learned deal making, just by reading how they did it. And how the and, trades yeah. work and you so know, TJ, seeing what deals yeah. go down. Yeah. So TJ explains, I write a proposal. I submit it to my publisher, HarperCollins. If they pick it up, we're ready to go. And then you have your film and TV rights. That was kind of part of the deal. We got the film and TV rights. You get the book. He has a piece of ours. We have a piece of his kind of thing. And so, you told
0: them that you have Benicio on board.
2: Well, at this time, I don't because I left L.A., I'm no longer... Oh, repped. so that was in the I'm rear like, view. Oh, it was in the in the ether, dude. <laughs> it was that in been, the ether, not even then, in the rear view. That wow. didn't even exist anymore. Okay. I was just like, damn, how am I going to get back to Benicio? Yeah. This is uh, this is never going to happen. Hmm. How, how is this going to happen? Like, like, put it this way. So close. Even when I got repped at CAA, same agents. My agent, it's just the nature of the business, dude. It's like, why am I going to talk to someone like Benicio... It's it's just the way it is. Yeah, it's, right. Right. In my right. mind, I'm like, this is never gonna happen. I, I, if only I could get back to him and show him that T J English wrote the book, that I took his advice. T J English is on board, dude. He's gonna remember me. He's gonna jump on. I know it's gonna happen. But, I, it's just the world, man. It's hard. The the barriers of entry, right? They they want to, and not in a malicious way, but yeah, they want to keep a wall between, not just agents, the game, Yeah, right. The game. right, right. Studios, just, everyone. Yeah. It's just the yeah. way it is, dude. It's like yo, I don't you don't need to talk to Benicio until I think he, you need to talk to Benicio, right? right? <laughs> so, like, so so I had no more contact to him. Yeah. The, the, the the producer who had worked for the management company didn't work there anymore. I didn't have contact with him. Yes. It's one of those things where I'm like, shit, I don't have contact anymore. But I knew I'm going to get back at him. It's going to happen. I don't know how. And and some unf- I don't know how people run their lives, but in my life, I'm like, it's going to happen. I don't know how right now. It'll come to me. Right. But I'm going to put the pieces in motion so that it can align in a way. And why I bring up The Hollywood Reporter and why I learned deal-making in The Hollywood Reporter is because I told TJ from Jump, I don't want to wait for you to write the book. I want to sell this on your proposal. He's like, I don't, I don't operate like that. And I go, oh, deal breaker. He was like, deal breaker? <laughs> like, who do you think you are? I'm like, look, and that's the times, right? At the time, Obama was in, was in play. He was opening things up in Cuba. I saw a couple other very prominent Cuban projects with huge names get set up. And I was like, oh, no, this is like, I got to do this now.
1: Climate change.
2: It's going to it's going to get saturated. This whole Cuba. Right. Can't yeah, wait yeah. too long. <clears throat> I'm like, OK, I can't wait. I was like, no, TJ, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to write this book. I got I, I got and I got to sell it on proposal. He agreed to it. where did that idea even come to me? I read in the trades about Tom Cruise selling a project to Paramount off a book proposal. That was oh, it. Yeah. Like, like like two weeks before I proposed it to TJ, I, I saw, oh, Tom Cruise sold a book proposal. There you go. What's a book proposal? <laughs> oh, okay. The book proposal is the outline that you gave to the publisher. Oh, okay. Well, and and reciprocally, that. that helps to sell the book. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, huge. Yeah. So, so TJ agrees, and that was the game plan. That was the game plan. Okay, we're going to sell this on proposal. TJ spent six months putting the proposal, coming to Miami, interviewing sources. Now we get to work. Now the fun part, creative, right? We're interviewing, I mean, I, I'm so close to the, the hat that you have on now? Yeah, it's uh the it's uh the Bay of Pigs. Right, right. These are so, the yeah, the hat, veterans of the Bay of Pigs, yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing a hat that is that they all wear that um the veterans from the Bay of Pigs wear. Um That it took a lot to get to a place where they let me wear the hat because back then they were very specific, like only veterans can wear the hat. Um, mm. Times have changed, and they like you know they're getting older. A lot of them are dying. They want young people to embrace pass this on the legacy yeah, and the you know. story. Yeah. But I, but I've become very close with a lot of these guys. Some of the legends of this of this time and this this experience through the research we did on the corporation. I mean, I went and met the guys that jumped in that truck with battle and drove back in mm. to go catch to go to go you know save Rescue. men. Yeah, I met the two Fuentes brothers Fidel and Raul Fuentes R- actually Fidel Fuentes has passed away since but I went to their home with TJ and Tony and met them and they told us a story I, I met with Luis Posada Cariles several times wow before he, he passed away that's an interesting name too yeah, yeah yeah I have a project that I'm doing that, that he left behind to us hmm. um, that we can talk about but like I just met all these guys in the process of TJ writing uh, the proposal. Six months later, he gives us the proposal, and it was flame. I mean, he knew we were going to be shopping it, so he like swung for the fences on this <laughs> proposal. I mean, this thing was just ridiculous. It was so good. It was 100 pages. They're normally 60. Like, he went hard on this thing.
1: So you kind of yeah. pushed him a little harder to make yeah. sure that this
0: pop- This is yeah, yeah. This is going to
1: the networks or the this studio. studio. 100, 100 pages. This he's already you know
2: a third of the way to a novel. <laughs> he you know, crushed it. Wow. Yeah. So, when we knew, cause th- this, is, this is a fun story in the sense of like, it almost plays out like the second half of Goodfellas. Like, you remember when like, he's like walking out of the house and he sees like the helicopter and he's like not sure if that's him, but like, right. it's like that second half of Goodfellas is like, you remember where you were, what time, and I had to come here, and it was like that kind of for us Where we were like, we knew something was going on when TJ had gotten the largest advance he had ever gotten in his career from wow. HarperCollins. Wow, he has a first look deal, with Harper. Sure. They gave him the biggest advance he's ever gotten. We oh boy! Like, Whoa, okay, all right. All right this proposal is real deal. It's not just us that we're homers to the story. This is substantial. So then, we knew we were gonna take it out within a week to two weeks. We knew it, and we were, you know, game planning with our with our with our agents and and the list, you know, you got that list, and, and you're kind of doing the, the, the practice run. We're like, all right, this is how it goes. We're gonna, because I, I don't know this. I've never done this before. This is my first time, you know. Look, you have the high-end stuff that you daydream of all day long. A bidding war, Leonardo DiCaprio's your partner, Benicio stars in it, you do it at a big studio. I had all, I'd thought about all these things, t- you know, years before it had happened. All the things you hope for and then the reality of what happens. And you don't know which one's coming, right? So, But, but I know I got this list. And the agents are like, we're going to send the proposal to everyone on this list. We give them about a 24 to 48 hours to read it. And then we're taking offers. We're asking them to put packages together. Great. Uh, I'll never forget. I, I, I was looking for office space with EK and Simi for Vandal in, in uh, I think, North Miami. We were literally walking through the offices, talking about, okay, man, I, and I get a phone call from my agent. It's like 8 a.m., I think, in L.A. Say, hey, I just got a call from an executive at Paramount. You know, she just wanted to tell me that they love the proposal and that they're gonna be aggressive today, that, that they're ready to go. I was like, wow, what does that mean? I don't know, cause the agent that that actually helped us sell it at the time was uh, a little bit younger in his career. He's gone on and he's he's big time now. But at the time, this was like his first kind of sale of that magnitude. He's like, I don't know, but it sounds like things are gonna things are gonna heat up today. I got that feeling, man. I think you should just clear the rest of your day, go to Tony's, and sit by the phone. I have a feeling this thing's gonna pop off. This thing's gonna blow up. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, all right. I look at Ek and Sing, and I'm like, oh guys, are we done? Like yeah, 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 we're done. <laughs> Why? And I'm like, because I like look like I had seen a ghost. I'm like, no, no, no. I just got, I gotta go do something, I uh, something. Oh, okay, cool. All right, you can go. I'm like, all right, cool. I run to Tony's house. I call him. Like, yo, this is what they told me. I go to Tony's. We sit by the phone. Man, for ten hours, ten hours, we were on the phone taking offers, like this bidding war that I had always kind of dreamt of. Never knew if it was even possible or whatever. Like, just happened it broke out like the agents called and like yo this is going crazy there's a bid from Sony on the table like they walked us through Sony's on the table Scott Rudin and Amy Pascal to produce Paul Greengrass to direct Warner Brothers is in the game Brett Ratner to produce with David Heyman starring Oscar Isaac Fox is in for Ridley Scott to direct Um, and I don't remember all of them right now oh yeah yeah no Universal Mm -hmm. hadn't come in yet and then the last one they tell us Paramount's in, Leo DiCaprio to produce, starring Benicio Del Toro. Wow. Oh. The universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the universe came back around.
1: I just got goosebumps. Uh, Uh,
2: Me too, man. That was a great story.
0: (laughs) Talk about bringing it around full circle. Benicio.
2: (laughs) And then it was just 10 hours of, like, thank God I had someone like Tony, who had come from the tire business, who had negotiated around the world in multiple c- countries who knew how to do this me not so well because i'm still filmmaker
1: he knew how to put the rubber to the road oh
2: he knew <laughs> tony there you go uh, tony <laughs> man we dragged this out for so long and tony we basically told everyone whatever number they came at us just got popped back in their face like triple everyone wow. triple Wow. I was like, "Tony, what are you doing, man? What the fuck this up?" He's like, "Shut up. I got this." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> This is like this is just like craziness. Go like, make Cuban coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then like in the middle of the, of the day, we're like having a break and I, and you know Brett Ratner calls me on my cell cuz oh, I wow. had that connection, you know, we got that fa- those those family ties. Sure. He calls me and he's like, "Hey. Hey man, I'm Cuban. This you we're homies, like let's do this. And, and and that was tough for me because I'm that well, was that, the Miami, that was one of your mentors. That was one yeah. of my mentors. I love Oscar Isaac, Warner Bros. I'm like, this is the Miami package. This is the Miami You're pa- right. This is the hometown package. That would have been the hometown package. This yeah. is Oscar Isaac from Miami. This is yeah, Brett nah. Ratner from Miami. So I was like I, I just and he had mentions and he's like, No, I know that you know deadline's saying that it's me versus Leo, but you know we're friends, and we work together. What do you mean, Deadline's Saying that? he's like, "Oh, you haven't seen it?" <laughs> wow! Like, oh, oh! Like, Google it. Bam! It popped up. It had hit all the trades. We're talking bidding war erupts for the corporation. Pictures of Leo. Pictures of Oscar. Isaac, pictures of Brett Ratner. My names everywhere. I'm like, holy shit! What, this is happening. This thing that I had kind of dreamt of while I was jogging at night—it's happening. This wow. is great it It's so nuts also the filmmaker that has had this up and down career is also seeing those numbers come in and thinking oh my god this is that moment where life will change for me hmm. like right like I'm seeing those numbers come in and I'm like I could probably pay all my student loans off with of this <laughs> wow you yeah. know like that yeah, every filmmaker listening to this University of Miami student yeah. loans are no joke and no. I was on 75% scholarship man all so, right. wow so you know and i'm seeing that the trades this was really a crazy thing and we're going back and forth back and forth back and forth we're we're holding strong we're like if we're not producers i had already had an experience that we'll talk in another podcast like in hollywood and tv and being young and having googly eyes to the the, the logo fox but and w, but not really looking at your deal yeah and really thinking yeah. about it and i had put i had exposed myself in the past where i was kept out and i was in my words, quote unquote, screwed, but not really. It was a contract. It was a deal. So yeah, either you sign it or you don't. Yeah, it's exactly. up to you to look so at the contract. I, so this time around, I knew enough to tell Tony, "Oh no, 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 no. we're involved in every phone call, every email, yeah. everything. If not, forget it. Capital P producers like everyone forget. I don't even care. We're 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 involved to the end, and we we, we, we stood steadfast to it. We and and those big names coming at us." And it's just the ones that were the most aggressive was Paramount, was Leo, was Appian Way, was the picture company. Alex Heineman, my, my current partners that I'm working with on the corporation, um, you know, they, they kind of tell us the story. We get on the phone with, um you know, Liz from Paramount and, you know, Jennifer from Appian. And they made us feel so good about, like, doing it with them. You know, Paramount's the studio that's made The Godfather. Right. Appian yeah. Way, they we know their track record. Well, so. yeah. So, you know, and, and Benicio, so I'm talking to them and I'm and I'm telling them the story about how I met Benicio and they're like, they, they can't believe it because they don't really know that story but they did mention that Benicio knew this story. That when they, oh! Oh, yes. That when they, because the, the, the people at Appian Way, the picture company, they read the script, they love it. They have a vision of their own. Like Alex Heineman, Michael Hampton, Jennifer, Andrew Rona, all my partners, current partners, they, they had read the, the, the proposal, had their own vision. Like, Benicio starring perfect. You know, Leo had just signed the deal Paramount. He had just left Warner Brothers to Paramount. So they had their own vision for this, irrespective of anything they knew about me, or irrespective of anything they knew about Benicio. You know, they, they call Benicio as it goes in these, like, auctions or bidding wars. It's like, you gotta act fast. So they call Benicio and they're like, hey, this is what it is, Cuban Mafia, Bolita, Jose Miguel Battle, da, 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 da. And he's like, I know this story. I know <laughs> all about this story. I met with, I had a meeting about this in the past. That's Could great. Could this be the same kid? So he says that to them. I tell them my story and they're like, wait. It's the same guy. This is, this is the, what Benicio was telling us about. So I got So good. just
0: just so we can kind of make this clear, how much time had transpired between that first sneaking in to the party with Benicio, and, and the bidding war. Day. The bidding war,
2: ish. Sold it in twenty sixteen. Four years. Four years. Four wow. years. Man. So that was like goosebumps moment. Um, and then it kept on going in the sense that I was like me and Tony, like we gotta do this one. Then. Universal comes in in the ninth inning. This is when mm. Scott Stuber was at Universal, not when he was at Netflix. And, and his his guy, um, Nick Nesbitt, they came in in the ninth inning and just dropped a bag of money on the table. Wow. <laughs> they're like, all right, we love it, let's go. And when me and Tony look at each other like, <gasps> huh. oh, what the hell just happened? We get on the phone with Nick and they're awesome. Scott's team's awesome. These guys are, like, so awesome. We really love these guys. Like, we got along with them. They had a vision for the movie. They made us feel like, oh, my God. Like, this is hard now. This has become hard. Um, And and at at the end of the day, I had to go with the universe. Less money, for sure. Like, for sure. (laughs) Less money. But still good. Whatever. Point is, because of the Benicio thing. Because I was like, look, the universe not all the time does this stuff happen. Mm, yeah. Does it happen like this? Yeah. Does what you envision gets dropped right in front of you? And, that, and that's a lesson to a lot of people. Sometimes it's not all about the money. Don't make a decision just because it's more money. You gotta say, what's the best fit? And plus, yeah. the people. The, I felt so good about Jennifer, about Michael Hampton, about, you know, they're the picture company. And so we go with them and it's just funny how the world <laughs> game works, right? This, this this deal was locked. I finally call the agents and, and tell them, okay, we're closed. All the deal points. I mean, this was like down to the producer, the credit, the, the 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 tickets to the premiere, Wow. the airfare to the premiere. Like this, this stuff really gets granular. Release yeah. dates oh, and man. marketing. It gets granular. So once everything's negotiated, to I tell them, all right, we're closed. We're good. I'll <laughs> never forget the agents are like, all right, yeah, this is you know, eleven p.m. East Coast time. We're closed in one minute. Bam! It hits! It hits! It hits the web. The, the 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 article from Deadline hits. Paramount lands the corporation and the bidding war, the whole thing. And I was like, wow! They were all sitting around. The article was written already. You had man. all the trades. Yeah. <laughs> like, <that's so laughs> crazy, dude. They had already written it. That's right. Yeah, man. So, um, but you know what? Kudos to our agents who had really carried out the sale. They, I didn't know till later, they were feeding the press all day. Oh
0: yeah. They were feeding I mean, that's it the game, all though. day. Yeah, well, that's what helps build the... help building yeah. that, that, right. that,
2: that that they they did such a good job of actually pitting Brett Ratner against Leo and doing <laughs> all these things <laughs> driving the price up. Yeah. It was so that was the game changer in, in the career for sure. So oh, wow.
0: just just to kind of contextualize this, so it's at Paramount. Mm-hmm.
2: The production company is it's Appy and Wave, Leo's production company, mm-hmm. uh, the picture company, which is uh, Andrew um, Andrew Rona and Alex Heineman, and then uh, you know my company, me and Tony. Yeah, and the
0: B- Benicio the Toro is, is is attached to Star. Attached to Star.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So we we've been at it for I think we're going on three years now. It's twenty April twenty sixteen. We cut the deal and we got into development with. The first writer, David Matthews, who we worked with for a while, and um, as you'll see in this business, sometimes the drafts don't work out. Yeah, that's you know? right. At the yeah. highest of level and the lowest of level. It's a creative medium. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. So um, with David, I don't think it was exactly what we were envisioning, what he wrote, which was it was great. It was great. Yeah. Interest, but we went into a different direction. Yeah, this is,
0: the, to go back to Gregory Allen Howard, because he is a writer, yeah. you know, he wrote the original screenplay for Ali. For Ali. For Ali. Mm-hmm. And there was a change in the company that they first had, that they had it placed in. And because of the change at the top, then that changed the dynamics of oh, the yeah. film. And then, you know, Will Smith and Michael Mann. and That happens went, all the time. It
2: happens. That, yeah. that, 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 was, that happened to us in the sense that Brad Gray, rest in peace, his regime, bought the corporation and then... Well, he he, he passed away after he left Paramount, but within that, like, first year and a half, you know, Brad Gray left Paramount and um, Jim Janopoulos became the CEO, the the chairman and CEO of of Paramount. So I had already been through a regime change like at MTV and other spots. So I knew about that. I knew when that happens, your your thing can just be chopped. So we, we, we did have a fear of that at one point, but paramount's just been fired up about this they're they're, they're great it's it's really we made a good decision in that sense they they've treated us great they love the project they've been behind it it's uh it's worked out well in that sense yeah Um, so you
0: have a you have another writer on now
2: we have another writer on board tyler heisel great guy great writer um we're in the middle of uh of the new the new draft uh that's so funny, I say three years, but in Hollywood, that's a very short amount of time. It right. is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's people don't like, realize, yeah, yeah, absolutely. To get a movie uh, at this level, like a studio with these type of people, it's like it either goes into overdrive where a director or star says, I'll do it in between these five months and then I'm gonna go back to Star Wars. And then a studio's like, all right, holy shit. And then they fly <laughs> super fast, or it's like, no. You sit back and chill and do it right. Right. Um, Did we talk about directors yet? Are you still looking at directors for the project? Not yet. Not yet. I think we're, you know, we're right at the point where I've, I've read the new draft of the corporation and it's fire. I'm so happy. Like, I could do court wheels on this desk right now. Wow. Um, and we're in the middle of getting that draft right for, you know, everyone to, to get to sign off on yeah. before we go out to directors. So we're yeah. like, we're right there. But it's alive, it's well, it's kicking, it's, you know, it's gone through its ups and downs. I mean, after we worked with, you know, David for a year on that first draft, we spent a year looking for a writer. You no, know, people don't realize. Yeah. It, it, that it, has, is, to line, it has to yeah. match up. Yeah, the, man, like, the type we, of, even the type of writer. We went after some of these names that give me goosebumps. And I'm like, whoa. I've always wanted to like... And that it's really cool, but the bigger the writer, the longer it's going to take them to read the material engage give sure. you a yes
0: give you a no so at least you didn't have the thousand pages Christ. no
2: no no i mean the corporation 600 pages so yeah that's a, that's, big, that's a big book yeah
0: that's how. yeah that's but funny. yeah
2: no so we're we're right smack in the middle of um of that project you but know. speaking of
0: directing i mean now you've directed vandal
2: yeah i directed vandal which was amazing like wow what a career experience it's just you know it's just a whole different vantage point that you see this this business when you actually direct. I'd always been a producer. I'd always supported directors. It's totally different when you step behind the camera. It's like, couldn't be more different. So that was an amazing experience. Um, yeah. So eventually, you had to go back to that production office with EK. Oh yeah. So so <laughs> the film the film sells. Where you been? <laughs> yeah, the film sells, and you know two weeks later. We're in the Vandal... Like, I almost had to, like, tuck the movie away for a while. So, in reality, there was, like, a six- to seven-month window where TJ had to write the book. Remember? Right. Oh, that's right. We sold the proposal. That's right. We sold the proposal. At some point, there needs to be a book. Yeah. So, I would say even more. I think, like, eight to nine months, David Matthews was not writing. TJ was just writing the book. And that's when we went to go make Vandal. Like, these windows that the business provides you. So, we went put our heads down and dove into Vandal and forgot about the corporation for like nine months. I, I have a question. How was it to work with EK,
0: someone that you just started out with when you were just up and coming,
2: on the other side? That was a, on a, Working with EK and Simi was a like career moment just as good as selling the corporation. Mm. Like, it's a, They mean the same to me in many ways because they were the first people that ever gave me a shot in the game. I used to serve them lunch and coffee and drive around, do whatever they said. They gave me my first paid gigs in the game. I learned it all from them. So to be able to turn around and twofold, one, them want to work on my project was already like amazing. Like I I bow down to those ladies and say, wow, like I can't believe you you want to work on my indie. And contrary, to be able to... Create jobs for all these people that I've looked up to, right? Because I, I appreciate a job just like anyone does in in the game. Like you get a gig, you get a job, you're like, "Fuck yeah," you know. Sure. Um, so I was happy to be in that position because I, I produced Vandal as well. Um, right. I, I produced it with Tony as well as directing it. So just to create all this, all these gigs was uh, was really awesome, and, and and you know Ek and Simi, I couldn't have had better people behind me. Like first time directing too. So it wasn't just like okay, the first movie I do with them. Now I have to direct, and they were like, they were they were so huge to that to that project, and right. that was a beautiful experience making that movie. I mean, it was a time we were coming off Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight had not been released yet. Yes, I watched Moonlight. CAA invited me to a screening uh, on Lincoln Road. I saw Moonlight a oh months. yeah I went to
0: the, the Miami premiere yeah that's where I met Barry Jenkins yeah well no actually I met him a little bit earlier in that day he's the one that invited me
2: yeah I saw Moonlight a few months before shooting Banville hmm. it hadn't been released yet there
0: wasn't an Oscar wow. box, but I watched it and I was that like that had to be great inspiration
2: huge huge wow like watching what Barry Jenkins did with that movie number one informed like okay we're making the right movie and two a lot of things that I'm like you know what He's right. Forget... Like, like Barry Jenkins was right about so many things. Because we hired his casting director, Yessi Ramirez. She cast Vandal. So, it's like I saw Moonlight. Then, CAA randomly says, Oh, we think Yessi would be perfect for the movie. And I'm like, Oh, wait. I just saw Moonlight. Right. And then, like, CAA really made Vandal happen. They they, they connected me to Yessie. They put all of our casts together. They introduced us to Danny. Like... In many ways, they they were our partner in setting that film up. Wow! But um, it's interesting
1: this time frame that we're talking about now. Just to put it in perspective for the listeners, you know, because you know the EKs of the world, like I said, before they were slammed because there was so much business coming here. All here of here in Miami,
0: yeah. But the, we the, talked about Florida. The, incentive was moving, the production
1: incentive, I believe, it was three months before they shot Moonlight expired. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they were the first ones.
2: Everybody was either living or renting places in Atlanta. And then there was the people left over that didn't want to go to Atlanta here, like the EKs and the Simis, who were like, no, we're, we're sticking it out here. Right. So, well, they know. right. They were actually really super stoked to be working on Vandal. I was so happy that they were stoked to be working on Vandal.
1: Because <laughs> they actually had the time to do it now. Right, they yeah. had the
2: time to do it. And it was that, that moment where, yeah, it was, the coffers were extremely dry. And, and morale was also kind of beat because a lot of the people that worked on Vandal had to come from Atlanta because they wanted to work on it. Oh, because, wow. Because, you know, Vandal's one of those movies that it's not like a reality show. It's one of those things that you, you, if you have the time, you come. And you come and you work on it. Um, like Moonlight. I know a lot of people like, Flew from Atlanta because they read the script and like I want to be a part of that movie getting made in in Miami. Yeah. Right. And I know people that were sleeping on friends' couches for two months to work on Vandal because they had moved to Atlanta already. Right. Right. <clears throat> so that, that was certainly a beautiful thing. And I had like the cream of the crop, man. I had like the best people working on Vandal. And I, I come from the the South Florida production game, so these names are like legends to me. Like some like <clears throat> Dolly the makeup girl, you know. The, the costume designers, the 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 the, 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 the production designer. Right. These names are legends to me. Yeah. <laughs> Common people won't know them but I'm like, oh my god, I got this guy doing my my set deck. Oh my god I got this guy doing my costume. It was it was one of those really awesome moments. Um
1: Wow. Yeah. So you're you're basically in this world now, you know, you go from selling your big project, now you're going back into indie world in Miami, you're directing this film. And you know, obviously at least somewhat loosely based on your own experiences as well, growing yeah. up in Miami. And then, you know, you, you make this film, and now, what? where are we now in terms of who you are and your career, and what, where do you see it going? Uh, are you feeling confident that you want to pursue more of a directing career, or you still kind of want to have that balance? Yeah, maybe you
0: direct the
2: corporation. <laughs> you know, put it this way, uh, things would have to align in a certain way for me to direct the corporation. And to your question, J.O., um, I come from a producing background and that's kind of what puts food on my table. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. And I guess after directing, I see what directing sucks out of you as far as bandwidth level of, of stuff. Like, my company was totally barren when I got back from making Vandal, when I say back I mean pre-production production post I was living in New York you know doing post on the film like this was just like 12 months where no attention was being given to the slate I mean we're a small company it's me, Tony and at the time an assistant just mm-hmm. three of us we yeah. are staff like that I came back and it was like Vandal and the corporation like, that's all I got oh wow. my god like you know this game you need no, oh, you gotta have six projects. Yeah. Yeah. you know, five, six. So projects. I was just like, this movie felt like I was slurped up and thrown into outer space. Yeah. For a year, and then I came back, and everything had changed. Because even if you have
0: some yes. things, kind of matriculating, if you're not, you know, feeding them all the time, they just of kind of. Shriveled. You know how it
2: is. You gotta yeah. you gotta be feeding energy to every single one of these projects. Yeah. So from that point that I got back, I was keen on, I gotta build this back up. So I spent the next year just going hard on the IP level and setting projects up, you know, we're back up. We got like north of 10, which for you know, a tiny company like us is big. Mm. And you know, not to go too far deep into them, but there's the Waiting for Snow in Havana and Learning that. we optioned those books. We hired Vanessa Garcia who wrote uh, Amparo the play Hmm. She's adapting those books Great. into a miniseries right now. Um, we have uh, another project that we're doing about uh, Oscar Ceta, um Acosta, who's uh, Dr. Gonzo from uh, oh, yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's being adapted by a woman, a Mexican writer, uh, Trina Calderon miniseries that we're doing there. It's actually not a miniseries. That'll be like multiple seasons. Um, we have another show called The Exiles, which is based on like the Luis Posada kind of characters of Cuban exile militants and their relationship with the CIA and how they banded together to take out Castro and thwart communism. We partnered with uh, David Ayer who directed Suicide Squad. Nice, yeah. End of Watch, his company and E1's the studio behind that. Um, So we got like three like really dope like TV properties that are like at the front of the line. Obviously you have a few back. You know, there's the corporation and then two other movies that were like trickling like kind of getting up to the line we have a series that um a doc series that we're like this close to taking out that we are doing with uh with leo dicaprio as well and appian way i mean i want to get into because and i want to
1: piggyback on this because we were we just experienced you premiered vandal at the miami film festival yeah uh and it was a special year because it was the 36th anniversary of the festival that also happened to have 36 miami made projects yeah the most in its history what was it like being part of that group back in March of this year?
2: Oh, it was cool, man. It was great. It was great. in um, look, selfishly, I wanted the Guzman again. Right. You know, and I know we could have filled it again. Sure. We filled two back-to-back screenings at the Tower Theater, which thank you to Jay and his team for you know accommodating that. <clears throat> we, you know, like literally sold those things out quick. So... So officially I wanted a bigger stage and I and I know Miami would have come out for it but appreciative nonetheless to be a part of the festival. And it was great, man. It was great. Look. The the more the merrier. Right. The more the merrier. I was
0: you at know. the Vandal Premiere and it was really cool to see people that I've worked I've worked with back in the day right. but also to meet new people. You yeah, know, for sure. So that, that that was really it was special. Yeah, yeah.
2: man. Dude, I'm all about all all Miami filmmakers and projects like going out and making it I mean I I have a ch- hit list of all the filmmakers in Miami and I want to like work with all of them and yeah. I'm getting there I'm pretty close in yeah. a sense like the doc series I was just telling you about the gold one you know that was a Sandy Lighterman connection but really not oh wow just to give you some insight on how people of this community actually really you know because a lot of people think Miami filmmakers are haters which there has been like a kind of like that perception that we don't support each other I think it's totally changing yeah, but, yeah. like Sandy Leiterman Sandy Leiterman uh, our yes, film commissioner yeah. Yeah. Um, she introduces me to Andrew Hevia. she introduces me to John and David Kane separately right just separate instances like these are guys you should know you know you are yeah. they're young they're filmmakers they're doing things you guys should meet these guys you should meet these guys so I meet them each separately and we become like you know industry friends right like well, we have lunches I have lunch with Andrew, have a lunch, you know, with John, and it was actually, I I think it was like, yeah, it was like right after Andrew had done Moonlight, um, before the Oscar stuff, Mm -hmm. um, right, and he was just telling me his whole experience, and those wild stories, which was great to hear from him, because that was actually before I shot Bandle. so meeting Andrew, telling me what it was like, like, actually behind the scenes on Moonlight was cool, um, and like Barry's process because right. it was like because it was interesting I saw the movie became friends with Andrew picked his brain before I shot Vandal wow independently became friends with uh, John David Kane, just like Lucy and, and both those guys come from like the, the Borscht the Borscht collective like, yeah we whole.
0: interviewed uh, Brett Potter Oh, yeah. Uh, Two episodes
2: ago. I met Brett at the MMFM. Right. Good dude. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, and I was going to bring it up because a lot of these folks we do bring to our conference uh, every June. And we feel that it's so important to bring the community together at least once a year because, you know, everybody goes off into their own world. Like you said, when you're in production, you're directing, producing, you're in your little silo and you're just focused on your project and what you're doing and what's coming next. But I think it's so important for us to whether it's, you know, the Miami media and film market, sometimes the Miami Film Festival, Borscht, when they do their stuff, is to really come together a couple times a year and start to say, OK, how can we collaborate? How can we, you know, there'll be times where you compete, you know, Hollywood has various studios. If there was only one studio in Hollywood, who would care about Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's important, yeah, for us to start to, you know, when you talk so much about studying how it's been done before, you know, I don't want Miami to just be one studio or one production company or one filmmaker. Right. It
0: can't be. Absolutely not, man. It's, then it's uh, one perspective. Exactly. It's one, yeah. So, so Andrew,
2: Jonathan, so, David Kane. Yeah. So I, 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 become friends with these um, guys. Was, they, they had a project that they, that they were thinking about. Actually, predominantly, John David Kane had thought of doing this gold, um, this gold, and, and it's basically the project is about the illegal gold smuggling that's going on in South America. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's That's huge. Uh, that's, yeah, a
0: story came out in the New Times about four months ago yeah. or five months ago or so. Oh, yeah. No, no, no,
2: everything. And the New York Times has covered it. Yeah. Um, oh, CNN yeah, that's right. I saw it. an interactive, I read an in, interactive story. That might have been the yeah. New York Times. Scene. Yeah, the it's week like week Interactive, week. it was the week really week. Week. cool. They covered the gold mining that's going on in Colombia. Hmm. Um, you know, John have partnered with Andrew because they're buddies already and then they came to us. Yeah. Because as well as, you know, directing and producing, we also finance our own development. Right. So, that's kind of like, you know, we're not a huge company. We keep it lean and mean, but, you know, we do have, you know, projects like the corporation and obviously Tony made a lot of money in tires. And we're in a spot where we have money to develop. And that's huge because... Yeah. Of course. Finance. It's the hardest thing, you it know? Is. Yeah. So... You know, uh, they they bring us this gold project. They had already had like a piece of IP set up and a lot of sources, kind of like what I had started on with the corporation. They had already kind of dug in on that and they brought, invited me and Tony in on that project um, and we partnered together, the four of us. Wow. And just like corporation style, just like going after it, after the sources, after everyone. You know, I've established a lot of relationships with really prominent federal attorneys you know that have introduced me to Harold Writers, uh, the, the United States Attorney's Office. Like we have, a, me and Tony have a lot of contacts in the crime world because that's <laughs> what we do, right? That's like the stories we tell. Yeah. So we brought a lot to the project besides, you know, funding. You know, to develop it, we brought a lot of resources in too. So man, just the momentum started like kicking up and kicking up, and we got to a place where we ended up um, optioning. The, the, the articles that they wrote in the Miami Herald. Jay Weaver, Nick Nemus, Jim Wiss, and Kira Gurney, they as a team did an, a whole investigative piece that huh. the Miami Herald got behind them big time. A lot of money, a lot of resources. Yeah, I read that one too. Yeah, it was like a five-parter. Yeah. Got, that, that series got nominated for Pulitzer. Oh, did it? For Pulitzer. They were, this, they were like second runner-up. The people that won above them were the Sun Sentinel for the Parkland reporting. Oh wow! Just to yeah. show you how
0: close they were to winning a Pulitzer. Because nah, this whole yeah. thing, it, I mean, it's really amazing. You know how they, you know, in these countries, yeah. you know how they have these illegal mines. You know, and then they kind of oh, siphon dude. the gold. And it's, you know, I'm not going to give the give away the bank. No, you know? it's all you good. You can read the story. No, yeah, it's it's, it's and then how and then how it cycles through. It's the, the, here car, in the Miami.
2: cartels are funding those mines. Yeah, because it's 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 better. It's Gold is more valuable to them than cocaine, because of they can wash their money with the gold. It's so hard to trace blood gold. It's not like blood diamonds that, right. that like it that doesn't even exist anymore. Huh. Like like there's enough in place to make sure that the the, the trading and selling of blood diamonds doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. like major corporations can't buy them. Gold doesn't work. You can melt gold down, mm-hmm. and all the right. traces of where it came from is gone. That's really good for cartels. Yeah. So they financed all these mines and there's like really bad human trafficking because there's prostitution involved with the labor camps that's like forced slavery <laughs> like forced labor in a way yeah. down there really exploiting the conditions then the decimation of the rainforest they're they're fracking the ground yeah because marking, they're you know these right. little
0: independent mines you know and then the equipment that then comes oh, in it's not little
2: independent no, no mines yeah, i mean decimated it's insane yeah. it's, it's 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 no it's it's not just insane it's so important because oxygen comes from the rainforest right oh yeah and they're just taking it out right and that's that's where leonardo dicaprio's production company comes in again they're they're committed to documentary work that's you know kind of highlighting right not just environmental issues but you know issues that affect the planet obviously you know that's very important to leo and so we partnered with them on this that's fantastic that is and they've gotten behind us in a big way um it was very serendipitous the way it happened in the sense that we kind of went looking for each other in a mm, way yeah. like they were already looking into the story wow. we were already thinking of them yeah we happened to option the articles from the miami herald before they got there and i was just like yeah. whoa wait oh didn't this just, this is so didn't just cool, become man. best friends?"
0: <laughs> but that and you know what what you talked about in terms of miami and this connection i, I just saw jonathan david king two weeks ago because yeah, we awesome. serve on the um the community grant uh, committee the committee for Miami-Dade County Community Grants yeah you know and I didn't get a chance to talk to him you know I, I was like hey you know let's catch up on stuff and they didn't get a chance to talk to him but you know hearing this oh yeah you know it, it, it always makes you feel great to hear the machinery in Miami still moving South Florida oh, hell yeah man. you know still moving on that, that on was, such that a was, level that was, that was
2: John's John's baby he yeah, thought of it that's he, great he took it to Andrew and then they brought it to us he came up with it. We, That's we, great. We jumped on the train with him and got behind him. And now we're so invested because we've taken the journey together to do this. Yeah. We've been at it like two years now. This wow. has been like, it's more than money in the sense of like yeah, what you spend and what you can make. It's like, whoa, we've dug deep into places that when we came back we're like whoa yeah. <laughs> oh, like,
0: I can't believe that we, we, in a sense, what a great analogy Doug D yeah dialogue. we become digging journalists for that gold. in our own right
2: yeah. in a sense by, by digging in, in on that and we've also just recently partnered with Grain Media out of London their Academy Award winning documentary production company that did the White Helmets Varunga, amongst other amazing docs um, we're, we're like taking the project out soon and that's another one um I don't even know why I got into yeah, it, but it's... Yeah, but you right. were talking about your... <laughs> you and, to also, talk about and also, you know, kind of oh, bringing your slate, slate back company, in yeah. order and okay. how important it is you yeah. know, if you have a production company to yeah, so, have a slate. Yeah, so that's... that. So And that emanated from the question of do I want to direct more? Yeah. So I do, but I respect the craft so much now. <clears throat> now I know everything that goes into it, that it would have to be the right project at the right time, at the right place, uh, you know, waiting for snow in Havana and learning to die in Miami. That'll be probably the next one that I do direct. Oh, wow. Because mm-hmm. that is near and dear to my heart. That is, you know, the history of, of Cubans in Miami and how that all came to be. And um, that one is like, yeah, that one's mine. I'll, I'll go to the ends of the earth to direct that one. See, we always want to get a Screen Heat Gold Nugget, the exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a
0: nice gold yeah. nugget, right? I, there. I
2: have the ones that I want, and there's just no negotiation. I'll, you know like it's um' it's me or nothing yeah because I'll mm. die trying to tell that story yeah I don't think the corporation's one of them because I didn't come in that way you know like yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. now A- and really the, the 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 directors that we're talking about are just like man people hm. I, I look up to and respect so much that I would rather Watch them direct it and yeah. learn from them. Yeah. Then step up to the, the $100 million monster, which I will, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm not even saying that I wouldn't and can't, yeah, and, right. and could, and if I was given the opportunity, I would crush it, absolutely. But I want to let this process play out first, man. But
0: you've done your work on that, you know. Like, oh yeah, you've done no, your. No, work. Nobody knows man. it better than me, right? And man.
2: that's why I directed Vandal, because yeah. I'm like nobody knows yeah. this game more than me. Well, Vanda, you lived it. I so lived that's it. A, that, that's a yeah. whole other. i kind of lived the corporation too. I found it when I was twenty-two and thirty-six. Wow. So that's sixteen years. So, yeah. um, but 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 in a way, I'm 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 approaching. I approach every project first as a producer, always, always. I put my producer hat on and I say, okay, be objective. Don't insert yourself as a director just because you, you want it. Is this the best thing for the project? Is this, it, what, what is the path to lifting that's going to look like with you as a director versus someone else versus if somebody else comes in here, they're going to fuck this thing up, whereas you know you won't. Right. It's, it's that balance of... So
1: putting, putting your producer's cap on, um, in terms about, you know, because everything in this industry is not so much time, it's timing. And, and we talked a few times this uh, uh, podcast about climate changes. You know, the gangster genre in general is one that tends to come in and out of fashion. Yeah. Now we're at a point where the Irishman is out there. Yeah. What does that do for a project like
2: yours? Everything. I, I, Irishman is so important to what, what we do and the corporation. It's, I think it's already bared its fruit in the way that it's fire. I watched it and I saw it in the theater. I didn't even watch it on Netflix. I respect Martin Scorsese. I go to the theater to watch his three and a half hour movie and it's fire. It's like, you can pick at things, sure, but you can do that with every movie. That movie's fire and... It just won Best Film, the New York Critics Circle. I was yeah. just about to bring that up, yeah. And I, I think it's going to keep on going. Well,
0: man, you know, I just got when you get Hollywood Reporter, you know, you get especially now it's Oscar season. You know, I, I hate that I didn't bring it in today. You know, but they have these books for the movies that are the front runners. Yeah. And so they have this book in the Hollywood Reporter that's specifically for The Irishman. It's yeah. not the Hollywood Reporter that puts it out. Full disclosure, and that even that
2: book, I'm like, man, this it's going on my coffee table. Right? I'm, I'm humbled from... to even say that I'm connected to the Irishman in a way. Yeah, and I am because it's that the time. success of that movie will certainly affect what's going to happen next on the corporation because that's just the game. It's had it's right. success yeah. though, and, and and that thing is that thing is
0: just no really cranking. It, yeah,
2: right. and Netflix is in a position where. They want to be... They can afford. Yeah. Well, they, they have and
0: a completely different business model. And to exactly. get a project like that, you know... the the, the th- subscribers brings yeah. more subscribers.
2: Yeah. And yeah. So, it was just, like, perfect for Netflix. Like, absolutely perfect. And the way they've treated it. Sure. Uh, you know, there's a Miami boy producing that, Randall Emmett. Correct. Who, who I've met... Um, Through the Miami Film Festival and then through MMFM. That's right. We
1: did at our dinner, yeah, and our partner, Patty Arias, who negotiated to get him down here. She's fantastic at that. Uh, But yeah, he came to our gala and and he was around. Yeah,
2: I met him there. And then uh, Sandy put us on email and I traded emails with Randall. He's the bomb. He's just a Miami homie. He's he's producing that. Um, So Miami does have a a, a horse in that race in that way. But certainly that movie doing well is connected to this and then you know Scorsese's next picture that Paramount is doing it's called Killers of the Flower Moon which is going to star Leo and and Robert De Niro that project I'm connected to in a weird way in the sense that 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 was a book that went up for auction five to six months I think or maybe a short maybe short maybe like three months before we put the corporation up so I was reading how they sold it and what had happened, and that was kind of like informing my game plan. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what had happened was that to Imperative Entertainment, who now is like a name, and they did um the movie with Wahlberg and Ridley Scott um about Getty. Does anyone remember the name? Oh, all yeah. All the Money in the World. Yeah, All the Money in the World. They which did that They movie.
1: had the Kevin Spacey drama. Yeah, they yeah. did
2: The Mule. They, they've since, in 2016, when they, they got the rights for Killers of the Flower Moon, they paid five million bucks. Hmm. They paid more than i want to say double any studio that's a premium yeah. hell yeah everyone yeah. was like who the hell is imperative entertainment and where did they get five million dollars because like you know studios how the hell is a production company gonna outbid the studios wow. at that number everyone yeah. was like who is imperative entertainment so smart for them yeah look at the pr got them which is true got yeah, everyone like or are these guys and it's a company backed by a Texas oil um millionaire. Oh, yeah. So Yeah. yeah. Chump Who change. Cares. Five million is nothing. But, <laughs> but what a way but to but come But the foresight to the market. To, for them yeah. these guys to be like, you know what? We're gonna take this off the market. Yeah. And they beat out everyone. Yeah,
0: because that five million dollars, I mean, that's marketing. Of already. course. For
2: the company. Yeah. Since they've got that book and everyone's like, Who's imperative? They made all the money in the world. They've made the mule. They got a bunch of other movies that right. are coming. And they what happened? Set up set it up with Scorsese and Leo and then sold it to Paramount. And now yeah. that picture's moved to Paramount, so that's another horse in the race that I want to succeed, right? Because yeah. it's similar in tone and vibe to my film, yeah. um, and it's happy in way. so anything yeah. Leo DiCaprio I'm cheering for. Yeah, right. um, so, so, like, in, in many ways, I'm connected to The Irishman, that movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. Top like, Gun has to do well. I think it will. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, anything Paramount, I'm rooting for, because right. that's, like, you know... I got my, my, my stuff there. Um, but but any movie that's not a franchise, that's not a sequel, I'm rooting for, man. Sure. I want cinema to swing back into the direction that it used to be. And I, I don't have anything against the films. And but like, it is a pendulum, though. You know, I don't think that think Scorsese is going to. Yeah, yeah Scorsese's not coming back.
0: out, you know, saying and writing, you know, what he's has said about cinema. Right. But I think he that, is a, a, a powerhouse. You know, even him saying something like that helps the pendulum to kind of move. And
2: yeah, you know, look, man, I I I in one side agree with what Scorsese is saying because it is kind of weird when you see like two grown ass men talking about like no, because in Avengers, like talking about plot lines and like storylines so passionately about something that is so is fake, never happened. <laughs> It's a comic book, and it never will happen. Yeah, because this is well, sci- yeah, fanboys, though you
0: know th- 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 that have come up on this stuff. So
2: for sure, it's it's just it, it, I, at times I have that moment where sort of like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> This is not real. This is fake. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. whereas a movie like Uncut Gems or Irishman or th- this is this is history. This yeah. is stuff that happened. This is real characters and their emotions and what they went through and what they're going through and you walk away and you learn something and you feel something and you debate and you talk no one on CNN is debating the merits of the storyline in you know Avengers and, and Gamer. Gamer right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying that's not happening Right. Yeah. in the way that people are arguing about the validity of the Irishman is that really not true it creates right. a debate that is awesome that yeah. is good for society so in that sense I totally agree with Scorsese and I don't and, and Coppola I don't love that that genre has cannibalized all the movies that I'm and I'm trying to make where it's like crap if I'm not making that we're not gonna get that love Well, there's a little small window for movies like the Irishman the corporation killers of the flower moon all the money in the world all these things to get made and there's a really big lane for anything you know Marvel IP franchise it's like. But that's, a,
1: that's already a kind of a, a contained universe because unless you're Disney, you just, you can't make those movies. Of course.
2: Essentially. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then well, there's Disney the other side. Or Warner Media. Then there's the other side of me that's like, hey, movies getting made and lots of them, lots of jobs for everyone, lots of gigs to direct. You know, right now, right. You're, filmmakers coming up, if somebody came and offered me to do the Hispanic Black Panther, <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> I would absolutely do it. So, I see both sides and it's fun. Hey, I want to go to a movie and just get lost and be entertained. I don't want to think about Jimmy Hoffa. I want to see this fake stuff. Yeah, but you want both sides. I would right? love some balance. Yeah. yeah.
0: But um but this leads into a question I was going to ask a few minutes ago, which is and this kind of brings your career full circle. Now it's the content game. Yeah. So, how do you feel about, you know, this evolution now of the industry because and this is this is kind of a two-part thing you have people who are considered a-list talent not just actors, writers, directors that easily go back and forth between episodic and movies that didn't happen before. Yeah. Even 10 years ago, you know, that didn't necessarily happen awesome before. Right now, bro. Yeah. And TV, so you're, you're yeah. but
2: you're on both sides though. Yeah. So how do you feel about this environment? I'm on three sides. I'm on scripted, doc, TV. Oh, yeah, and, that's all right. Yeah. And, you know, scripted movies. Dude, it's awesome, man. It's so great because, look, streaming's awesome. I love streaming. I, I love it. I, I wish there was a universe where the theatrical window is respected and Netflix can still do their business the way they want it. And right now, we're at an impasse. The Irishman should have been in 3,000 theaters. It was not. And that's because Netflix and the major theater chains couldn't come to an agreement. That's what I would like to see get fixed because I think that's when our industry really, Amazon, Netflix, that's the Hulu, industry. that's when we're like in a good spot, I think. Because right now, everything that goes to Netflix is like awesome because they're funding so much and so is Amazon and they're creating so many shows that would have never gotten made and all these filmmakers are now in TV and all the best actors are flocking to television, not to movies. I love that. That's like so good. And, and then, writers and directors. And writers and, and directors. And it's and just such a good designers. time. It's so hard to get a good writer right now because there's mm. so many projects. <laughs> They're all busy, yeah. They're all busy. Yeah. And, and uh, r- producers, directors, writers are being more picky than they've ever been. And I love that. More, more business for everyone. Sure. I just want to see a world where the streamers and the theaters can, can work better. I don't think the theater experience needs to go away in lieu of the, the streaming right. you know yeah. yeah yeah. well I think that this is going to be our Irishman
1: podcast <laughs> <laughs> definitely such an amazing length of time this was
0: a tour de force this was a tour de force so I think I think we should go with our yeah, our we trademark have, we have uh, two last points that we do with everyone and okay. actually it started with the first podcast didn't it it did yeah kudos to Kevin <laughs> well you know it is a team effort so <laughs> but going back To your high school self. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think a little bit after high school. You unfocused. What would you tell yourself the point that you're at now if you could go back in time?
2: Okay. Yeah, I actually thought about that before. I would tell my high school self hey, man, crime is not cool. crime is not cool. I know you think this graffiti crime shit is like really cool. It's not. What's going to be cool later is being the most educated guy that's very successful and makes money. Um, Not that money is cool but just like, hey, like, education, being smart, uh, helping the world, getting ahead in life, being responsible with money, blah, blah, blah. All these things are going to be cool. You should focus your energy here. Because in high school, I, I was just like, man, all, all the things that were not good for me, I thought were so cool. What about your film school self? My film school self, well, that's a good one. That's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> My film school self, I would say, it's gonna happen. Relax. <laughs> it's going to happen, relax. And it's gonna be look like this. It's gonna go up, it's gonna go down, it's gonna go up, it's gonna go down and that's okay it's gonna happen don't worry just don't enjoy the process a little more and don't be so freaking out about it all the time you're the third guest that has uh,
0: yeah. that has said
2: that preaching patience yeah yep. yeah man when you're young you're like man why am I not in right. doing this or doing that already it's kind of like Kanye always has cause like, like in his first couple few albums I mean those were, were like the soundtracks to my motivation right but how he always talks about like, like in, I forgot the lyric, but he talks about like, man, this guy that much better than me. <laughs> like like in one of the albums he talks about like how he's like so frustrated because he's staring at this guy doing it, and I know I'm so much better than him. How could it even be? Wow. I've had those moments where I'm like, how could it be that this dude is there doing that? And I'm like so much doper. Not Not like on like a hater thing, but like, when you get older you learn to to love that. To love seeing other people like make it and hit and do well. When you're younger, you're like in a competition to like make it. And I think that's probably where like the Miami idea of like filmmakers not helping each other came from because of that mentality that I had when I was young and in film school I was like trying to show everyone, Hey, I did it or this guy did it and like now it's more like yo, let's all do it.
0: Hmm. Let's like all yeah, do Yeah, because it. when everybody makes it then everybody makes it for sure and Dude. And, and it helps everyone else out.
2: So. Yeah, I just I just recently became friends with Billy Corbin.
0: Yeah. I love Billy. He's a buddy.
2: Billy's the man. Yeah. But like, you know, people say things about certain people. People said things about me, you hear things about Billy, you know, like I never really had an opinion on Billy. Just I never really crossed paths with him. It just never mm. really happened. And through a friend we we got connected and we had dinner and oh my god, I love that guy. That guy's yeah. so great. Like Love him. He's become a buddy, and I hope we find something to work on in the future because he's smart guy, man. He's a very smart dude. Big defining filmmaker yeah. for he, Miami. He cares deeply about Miami and Florida. He really does. Yeah, right. Um, the passion is there. Yeah, man. So as I've gotten older, I, I've I've become like I want to work with everybody in the scene. I, I, yeah. I we all got to do it together. That's where this thing becomes you know we are a real industry but a united one which I think we're like getting so much better yeah we're getting there yeah. we're getting Absolutely. so much better
1: the rising tide that raises all the Miami shit
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was a
1: good segue to the the second point uh, I guess I'll, I'll ask this one is now in your current self what advice would you give a young filmmaker producer from Miami coming up in the
0: game today in 2019 or that could be a two part because a producer from Miami or a filmmaker from Miami any young but filmmaker. any young filmmaker
2: yeah um i guess coming from miami what is a unique advice from miami i would say it's you're a little bit further away than if you were doing this in california or new york right like distance wise for sure you're a little further away from like things that are happening so you got to work a little harder than everybody because you know we don't have Spike Lee roaming the streets of Miami where you can just run up to him and like, you know, or like all the filmmakers that live in LA. So like, when you see, and I don't think Barry lives here, but like, I don't know what filmmakers we have that still live here. Like David Frankel, I know he still lives here. Yeah. So if I was the younger filmmaker in Miami coming up and I saw David Frankel walking down the street, I would jump on top of him, I'd tackle him. <laughs> not, not like literally, but I would be like, David, I'm JD. I, I've met David since, and and he's he's great. And we we whatever. He's awesome, dude. Yeah. Like if I didn't know him, like like that example of a guy. that's still in Miami, bro. Walk right up to him. Yeah. Walk right up to him. Introduce yourself. Tell him what you're doing. Get his number. Get his contact. If you see me on the street and you know who I am, get in front of me. Talk to me. Tell me who you are. Tell me you want to get in this game. Get my number. Get my contact. Email me. If I don't reply the first time, email a second time. If I don't email the third time, email me three times. Email me once a week for 52 weeks if you have to. Wow. Just, make, just get in front of people. Get in front of people. Be persistent. There's a balance between being annoying and, and persistent. So I think everyone has to feel out like, hey, am I being annoying or not? But don't be afraid to be persistent. It's a little bit harder to get in the game out of Miami. Um, so just be persistent. When you see the, the David, you know the, the, the JLS and you guys on the street, <laughs> get in front of you. Tell them about you. Right. Act, invite them to coffee. Invite them to lunch. Invite them to a drink. R- you know, read up. Read the the trades every day. Know your history. What movies have been shot here? You know who's done what. You see those borscht guys on the street? Tackle them. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> they got money for shorts. Go right. get money from them to make your short. Like, don't be afraid to to hit up the people from Miami because, dude, I ran into to, to Miami guys like the Randall Emmetts of the world and, mm. you know, Bo Flynn is from Miami. Like, right. Phil Lord. Yeah, yeah, like, I run into people like this and other places in the universe and the, the one thing I see is that anyone from Miami loves to give some time to a Miami filmmaker because they know how hard it is to make it out of Miami. So don't be afraid to, to attack. You know, you have to do it. Like, you just have to. Don't be shy. Um... Wow! And, and and dude, just make movies, raise money, write scripts, make movies, read about the business, make good films, like make better films than me, make mm. better films than the Borscht guys, make better films than, than 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 Billy Corbin. Go go watch all of Billy's films, and attempt to make better docs than him. That like, yeah. that's what'll move. Watch Moonlight, and and determine yourself to make a better movie than Barry Jenkins that's tough <laughs> <laughs> dude it's great I'm so happy you guys are doing this yeah, this yeah. has been a way to do it so. and this has been amazing this is
1: epic I'm telling you this is a two-parter it is <laughs> epic it is the Scorsese wow. Irishman this, this should oh, be one of those I online master classes like Scorsese it does, is I was <laughs>
0: thinking this has been a master class but I was trying to think a master class but it's like four master classes you <laughs> it know could so. it could dude, be I, Absolutely. I, I, I hope
2: somebody listens to it and gets something from it and you know they're here doing a podcast in the future with you guys talking about like, you know, I heard your podcast. (laughs) Right. It helped me.
1: Episode 2005 and 2050 or whatever. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We're all retired. Yes. Yes. You've been amazing, brother. Thank Thank you. you.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, man. Pleasure. Take care.
0: All right, we're back. That was an incredible second part wow it's just what like the godfather journey it was as good as the first part yeah, yeah yes <laughs> just like the absolutely. Godfather. absolutely yeah 16 year journey wow epic and all the ups and downs and you know you have to make a book yeah a thousand pages Oof. that's hard but yeah it's Did you imagine i can't on the other end mm someone throws on your desk a thousand pages a thousand pages man you've been in pitches you've been right you know in talks and right now it's like you bring four pages and they're like right what is this i need a log line (laughs) <laughs> and any yeah. star attachments,
1: logline and star attachments.
0: Yeah, a thousand pages. Yeah,
1: but it's yeah, and you know it's what it takes to really do something that detailed and nuanced and when you're oh doing, like, yeah, true absolutely. story. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: And I I can't wait for this movie.
1: Oh, it's gonna be good. I hope they Benito de
0: Toro is gonna be yeah perfect.
1: Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be epic. I hope that they they finish that script. I hope they find a director. I hope that director is amazing. And I hope that that Paramount, if you're listening. Genopolis, give it the green.
0: They're going to do it. They got to do it. Well, no, I know that they're going to do it. Yes. You know, I just saw a movie um, and I'm a little bit late on this, Mm. but Dolomite is my name. Oh, I love Dolomite. And fucking up motherfuckers is my game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you talk about journeys, you know, and perseverance and really pushing through all the noise. Mm. And that's why I know that JD is going to do it, yeah. Because you know, certainly he has pushed through the noise to this point, and you know, not just JD, mm-hmm. you know, his partner, is production company, and you know, when you have Appian Way and Leonardo DiCaprio behind it, you know, he's he'll push he'll push through the noise. So I know that's going to happen. But when you see stories like Dolomite is my name for me, that was the feel good movie of the year. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> that was the feel good movie of the yeah. year. Uh, Eddie Murphy. I mean. Of course, you know, Eddie Murphy has had seminal performances yeah. in his career. Um, this is certainly, you know, I would, it, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It's up there with his best. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the worst. But I mean, you know, any any performance in his career. Right. This is certainly there. He's nominated for it. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Dolomite is my name, deserves all the accolades that he can get. Yeah. Because it also is, you know, this story that shows you what the industry is. Yeah. And the labyrinth that, you know, people have to go through. Yeah, the journey. And and, and, and it's yeah. still true. It's not like this journey is a new journey. Yeah, and how sometimes throughout the process you need to reinvent yourself,
1: you need to try new things, you need to expand, you need to push boundaries. It's all in there. Yeah, Keegan blows it up.
0: Yeah, he's great. Yeah.
1: Oh, Wesley Snipes, come on.
0: Snipes. Come back Come back mm, 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 mm. Yeah so uh, we have to give it up For everyone in Dolomite is my name And moving on To the Globes Back to the Globes Back who is back Who is back at the
1: Globes once the again Ghost. Oh, I'm so excited I know he's some folks. You're a big Ricky Gervais fan. I love some Ricky because he's just so controversial, but he does it in such a clever way. You know how the Brits have that. There's just a cleverness to Ricky. Yeah. And the way he approaches his humor and the way he kind of uses, you know, the globes as sort of a launching point to stuff that he's going to talk about in a comedy special. It's fantastic. He did it, obviously, with with Caitlyn Jenner uh, (laughs) last year, the year before.
0: Uh, Um, That was a big controversy.
1: Yeah, that was the big one he uh apparently he used the dead name which is a big taboo it is and uh but he just kind of played off It's like it wasn't a joke about transphobic i went to this whole thing about the doctor and he'd come in at one point you know not now but a long time ago i'm doing a little humanity a long time ago, you know he was a man you know i used to see him on the telly he had you know big muscles and he had you know he got he had a medal yeah
0: i wonder where he's gonna go for this. i can't
1: wait and i hope that he pushes even further because i do think that there's a pendulum swing when it comes to comedy and we talked we talked about dolomite we talked about i think netflix has a huge niche in this sort of pushing the envelope of comedy
0: yeah because dolomite is my name Is actually a comedy. It's It's a a drama. It's a dramedy. It's a comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy. I think so. So that that, that, that is a niche for them. Yeah, that is. And it's something that they can
1: use because I think that, you know, at some point we have to get over all these controversies. We have to get over all this constant need to like, you know, I think even President Obama said it recently. It's like, it's too much. Like the backlash for every little comment you make, every little thing that you say that could be misconstrued. It's like, at what point are we just going to say, you know, fuck
0: it. (laughs) well the pendulum swings back and forth but there is a pendulum that is swinging back and forth and back and forth the pendulum of this streaming wars oh yes
1: yes and we have a couple of big ones still left to be launched next year uh of course comcast and nbc universal has the peacock the peacock that's coming out what a name yeah and then 18 talk about cocks (laughs) <laughs> Come here, old boy. Come here. Look at that. Hey, I tell you you can't bring your out in here. A little
0: wee you peacock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the peacock is coming at us next year uh, in the spring. And then the other telecom giant, AT&T. HBO Max. HBO Max, led by Warner Media's John Stanky.
0: Stanky. <laughs> He made a stanky comment. (laughs) He did. So he is kind of
1: already just kind of peppering Disney Plus. In a recent Variety article, he mentioned how HBO Max will have a broader range of content, more appealing to an older demographic as opposed to the, quote, youthful audience of Disney plus. And that's something that they've pressed Bob Iger on as well. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, he always takes back and says, no, no, Disney plus is not just for kids. It is for the whole family, but there are certain limitations to the Disney brand. I mean, could they ever put something like Chernobyl on Disney plus? No, you can't.
0: No, No, you can't. And John Stanky, and this is a direct quote, Disney is a good product. He said, they've done a nice job. It's a particular appeal. The strongest appeal for Disney Plus is to the youth of the family. His mm-hmm. strength as a product to satisfy the other members of the family, it's not that deep. Whoa, that's calling it out. Calling them out, and the way he just said, "Yeah, they Disney, it. it's
1: not that deep." Did a nice job. They're not that deep. Come on, <laughs> let's let's be real here for a second.
0: Yeah, he he went in. He went in pretty hard on. Yeah, Disney. That,
1: that's a little. You know, that's a little tussle. That's a little. That's a lob. That's a volley. Not a friendly one either.
0: <laughs> to the heart of Disney.
1: Deep into the heart of Texas. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so that that's going to be that's going to really I think once we see those other two major media companies, Comcast, NBC Universal and uh, Warner Media's HBO Max, once that starts to all kind of get out there into the world, then I think probably by early midsummer, we're going to get a much better sense of where the streaming wars are going and who's winning. And maybe who has some work to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, HBO Max, we just talked about the Golden Globes and how it still is head to head. Yeah. HBO and Netflix. Yeah. You know, those are the top two in terms of nods. Right. Um, we're going to see where it's at. Yeah. And also Oscars. We're going to see what happens with the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Netflix has a couple of a couple of uh yeah. things out there. You know, Disney. And obviously, I think, again, we keep saying the front runner Warner Brothers has the
1: Joker that made Uh, laugh all the way to a few Oscar wins. And that would obviously put more wind in the sails of HBO Max, I'm sure, when it launches. Yeah, that has to be part of the initial offering.
0: But I do have to give a couple of I do have to give a couple of other nods in the Globes, The Crown, which is a show that I love. Oh, yeah. And, you know another one of our alums spoke about the crown and the production of the crown Adrian Boonton mm. oh yes the British Film Commissioner yeah that was our very first podcast I could
1: imagine him hanging out with Ricky Gervais come here old boy come, <laughs> come here you got that crown you got Game of Thrones there come here you big boy come over
0: here <laughs> uh, you know that they have to know each other oh yeah
1: yeah they'd, they'd be fun at a cocktail party <sighs> We got I want to invite now I want to invite Ricky Gervais to MMFM I just I would love to hang out at a bar with that <laughs> that's it <laughs> over
0: that would whole be thing fantastic podcast everything everything yeah secession oh yeah again mm-hmm. you know mcculkin oof nom yeah he killed it um i definitely have to give it up for chernobyl we mentioned chernobyl yeah but uh you know and this is hbo you know so yeah. hbo really is pushing the boundaries billy porter once again for pose mm. yeah yeah so, and he is really making a lot of waves other than Pose. So, and he's one of my favorite actors. So, I got to give it up for him once again. So, um, we just have to see. Yeah, let's, let's see. see There's a happen. lot more to see. There's a lot more to do. Yeah. But make sure you all check out those episodes where, you know, some of our guests. Yeah. They were a big, big participatory element yeah. in a lot of what's happening with the Golden Globes, and then we're going to look and see what happens with the Oscars. Oh,
1: it's going to be fun. It's going to be hot. And so, yeah, I think that this has been a very interesting weekend. I think we want to thank our guest again uh, for two weeks in a row, Jose Daniel Fresas, who, again, I'm hoping that next award season, the new Irishman, Will be the corporation. Let's <laughs> put go. it out into the universe, and it will happen. Yeah,
0: I love it. So uh, next week, surprise guests. Yes, and we are loading that up right now.
1: Ooh, it's in the it's in the in the oven. It's, we're 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 just sautéing it now, just
0: kind of simmering it. Yeah, but, but we have to thank everyone for listening. Yeah, um, we are going into our 19th week. Wow. Yeah, so we're really happy to keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Keep on rolling with us. Yes. And we will see you next week. Dali.